Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. My name is Carter, your host as always. Uh, as you can see, Nate, uh, Nate here is uh, just lounging, you know, catching some rays uh, on, on his deck here. Let's, uh, let's make this a little bigger for him. Yeah, look at that. See, just uh, yeah, got a dog on his lap. Life is good. He is just chilling, having a grand old time. Let's make it. There we go. Yeah. See, not a care in the world. Drinking a, what was that, a Coke Zero or something? I don't know. He's got the label turned away like he's on TV or something like that. Uh, so yeah, as uh, as you can see, it's uh, I'm the only one here. So it's going to be a, probably a bit of a shorter episode, a bit of a different episode uh, from the usual anyways without you know, Nate ranting and us having our usual banter back and forth. That's just going to be Rob 100% Carter today. So hope you guys uh, enjoy that. Um, I'm uh, undecided if I should leave Nate up here just so that I feel like I have someone to talk to. I can look at look at this picture of Nate, in a, first of all, in a Flames jersey, which is a big no-no, uh, <laughs> in a Flames jersey with a dog just so I feel like I'm talking to someone or if... Um, or if you guys even want to see... You know what? No, he's got a Flames jersey on. Get out of here. Fuck him. Yeah. Just me. There we go. <laughs> Full screen. Like I said, bro, 100% Carter. No Nate today. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's away. I guess, you know, can they take a day off once in a while. So uh, he'll be back next Wednesday. No need to worry. Nothing wrong. Just, uh, yeah, he's, he's just out of town. So we'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, he'll be back for uh, Wednesday's live stream um, as well. I will be there as well. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you took a day off, so I'm going to take a day off. No, I'm just going to hold it against him as, as long as I possibly can here. So uh, until I really just, you know, want a day off and make him do an episode by himself. It'll be great. Um, this is usually the point where I ask Nate how his weekend was. Um, I'm not going to do that, obviously. Um, he usually never asks how my weekend is, so I guess we can just, uh, you know, get right into the, the hockey talk. Now I'll talk about my weekend. Um, yeah, I was uh, nothing too exciting, really. Um, I started watching the Lord of the Rings movies again, um, the, the uh, extended director's editions or whatever they're called, not the theatrical versions, obviously. If you're going to watch it, you might as well just tack that extra hour onto each movie or hour and a half, however, whatever it is. I think it's just an extra hour or so. But yeah, that's uh, I just finished Fellowship of the Ring uh, this last weekend, which is... Uh, it's a pretty good one. It's pretty slow to start, obviously, but I know, uh, I know that they get going into it. So, yeah, and maybe, uh, maybe we'll get that on in a, a uh, for an unplucked uh, at some point here. I don't even know if Nate's actually seen Lord of the. He has to have. Every, everybody's seen. Well, not everybody, but you know, uh, Nate. Nate's probably seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, I don't know because otherwise, I feel like we would have talked about it before. So. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I'm gonna have to ask him that on Wednesday. Well, actually, I can ask him now. Nate, have you seen? Oh no, never mind. Oh, I forgot he's not in the chat anymore. Bad uh, joke. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to ask him. Any uh, if there's any other Lord of the Rings fans out there, uh, let me know at Carter underscore Potts P O T T S underscore ninety seven on Twitter. Shoot me a DM um, or the Hobbit or whatever. I, uh, I I actually started reading the Hobbit, the book. Uh, couple days or a couple weeks ago not a couple days ago a couple weeks ago just uh just for fun I, I i've had it for years and just never bothered and i was like over the, the holiday break i was like you know what i could uh I, I could get into the hobbit and um 
yeah, and then it, I was just like, ah, oh, I gotta watch the Lord of the Rings movies again. I don't own the Hobbit movies, so that's that's why I didn't start with those. Um, have seen them, obviously, but um, but yeah, I own the the Lord of the Rings ones. Well, my girlfriend does, so um, yeah. So we've been watching that, and it's been pretty good. Yeah, let me know if uh, there's any Lord of the Rings fans out there. That'll be something that we can talk about on a, a future episode. I think with the the ducks having a break. Um, not next week, but like the week after they got like 10 days off or something like that. Uh, take a look here. It's like February 1st to I think the 10th, but I can look it up. Why not? Let's, uh, no use being wrong when we got technology. Yeah. Um, the first to the 10th, they're totally off. So we got to fill that with, uh, those episodes with something there. Um, so it'll probably be a good chunk of unplugged stuff and, and general other hockey news. So maybe we'll squeeze the Lord of the Rings in there. Maybe make Nate watch it for his first time. It can be like those. Uh, there's a there's a podcast. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, Potterless. That's what it is. Um, where, where some I haven't heard it, but I, I've heard good things about it. Um, some guy. He's he's in his like twenties or thirties. So, um, but he's never read Harry Potter. He knows nothing about it. So it's like his reaction to reading the Harry Potter books for the first time. I think it, like each episode is like a chapter or something like that. Um, and he like you know dissects it and kind of ruins parts of it and is like oh look at this pl- plot hole and yeah I don't know I've heard it's kind of interesting but um, never never listened to it so um, I don't remember what I was talking about oh yeah we could do like Lord of the Rings like like that Lord of the Ringless something something I don't know we'll come up with a better name for that but if if Nate hasn't seen Lord of the Rings that's maybe what we'll do okay. Um, I think that's enough of me just rambling. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just get into some Ducks talk because I'm actually really excited to talk about this game here. So uh, the, the Ducks played the Lightning on Friday and that is a game that we we expected the Ducks to lose, especially after Colorado. Like, yeah, they put up a good effort, uh, but 2 nothing lost to Colorado. On, uh, yeah, I guess that was Wednesday night. Um and, and you know, kind of expect the same thing from the Lightning because they're they're what like second in the league or something, maybe third in the league. Uh, they're up there, anyways. Maybe first. No, I think Florida's first. Doesn't matter. I'll be wrong this time because I don't feel like looking this up because it doesn't matter. Even though they're ahead of the Ducks, we we still beat them five one. So yeah, we had like a four nothing lead at one point. Lightning got one in the third, and then uh, empty netted. Empty net, shorthanded goal with seven minutes left to you know top it off. But um, jumping ahead, getting ahead of myself a little bit there. Um, first off, I just want to mention that this was uh, Corey Perry's first game back at Honda Center. First game actually playing, I guess, at Honda Center. Um, the last time he was there, I had to look it up because I, I thought it was weird that he hadn't actually been back yet. Um, it was when we, he was with Dallas. Uh, back in the 1920 season, he was serving a suspension, five-game suspension for a hit that he made on January 1st. So, and then Dallas was in Anaheim on the 9th. So he was in the building, and they did a video tribute to him. And like, he uh, there was a bunch of other things going on that day for him, but um, but he didn't actually play in the game. So there was still the emotion around it, but he didn't actually have to be on the ice. So um, has been back to Honda Center since uh being bought out obviously but yeah this was his first game back obviously with last year being um totally divisional based and he was in um montreal there out out east so um nice one of my posters just fell i just hung it back up 
today. Obviously, I didn't put enough tape up. So <laughs> if you heard what that noise was, that's what that was. Um, yeah, Corey Perry. He, uh, so yeah, last year was like the just all the games within the division. Um, this year, he's in Tampa Bay. Obviously, only see them twice. So um, I don't think we've been to Tampa yet, but obviously they... Um, they just came through California, so there was that game there. And yeah, back in the 1920 season, we went to Dallas once. Dallas came to us, and he was suspended, and then the season got cut short. I don't know. It's usually two or three games with the uh, the, the Central Division there, so we might have had another game lined up against him, but potentially not. Um, so yeah, but it was pretty cool. Called him. I think we held... Oh, no. I think he got a, an assist. I don't remember if we held him off the score sheet or not. Let me take a look. See, uh, yeah, we held him off the score sheet there. So, um, quiet night for uh, Perry's first game back playing in Anaheim. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sure uh, Getzlaff was excited to reconnect with him a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to talk about an interview with Getzlaff uh, on what he was on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. Um, this was Friday's episode. Um, did like a half hour interview with uh, Jeff and Elliot there. Um, sounds like it was a couple, couple weeks old, but um, just came out on Friday anyways. Um, and yeah, they talk about the, the friendship between Getzlaff and Ab. I'm not going to spoil too much for you there, but, um, but yeah, it was a really interesting talk. So I'm, I'm sure Getzlaff and, and Perry had some nice chats and uh, whatever post-game fest festivities, activities they, they got up to there. But um, more into the game here. Um, seems like uh, got maybe that new coach bump a little bit without you know getting a new coach. Dallas Eakins uh, entering COVID protocol there. So, oh God, who was technically behind the bench for that game? I don't remember the name. I uh, feel bad for it. But, um, oh no, it just has Dallas Eakins, but it wasn't. Um, uh, can I look? Yeah, ah, I'm going to be... Wrong again. Don't care enough to look it up too too much. But uh, yeah, Dallas Eakins in COVID protocol. So uh, one of the assistants was technically behind the boat bench's head coach. Um, so yeah, little little bit of a bump there. Maybe maybe that's where the the five one came from. Um, but I, you know, either way, it's uh, it's great to to see them get a win out and like a like a dominant win as well. So that that was really awesome to see. Um, we saw the uh, emergence of elite sniper Derek Grant with two goals in the game. The first one was just a just a rocket of a shot past uh, Vasilevsky there. That was really nice to see. Um, second one on the power play, just uh, a little bit lucky, honestly, with Vasilevsky stumbling as he was shuffling across the crease and just easy tap in for Grant. So we'll say uh, elite sniper Derek Grant for sure. Uh, on that second one, but definitely on the first one. That was a, a good shot. So two goals for uh, for Grant on the night, which uh, is a big help, of course. Um, just going back to Vasilevsky saying where he stumbled on the power play there. Yeah, he just kind of looked off all around. Like there was... Um, well, well, Grant's shot, I, I don't want to say it was one that he should have had because he, like, he, it was on the... I don't know. Am I thinking of a different one? Yeah, I am. Um just like a well-placed shot. Vasilevsky was in position and just like, it, it was one of those shots that was uh, on the far side or going far side. So Vasilevsky coming across and not ready or not expecting that puck to sneak past him at that angle. So that, not really much you can do on that one. But yeah, stumbling on the, the power play there, just a little bit unlucky, I, I think. But um, 
Letary's goal was uh, was just kind of a, a I don't want to say a weak shot, but like a a shot that Vasilevsky doesn't normally let in. Just a shot from the outside that should be an easy stop. Uh, I want to say, but that one that yeah he just doesn't usually let in. So it's um, yeah a little weird, a little bit of an off night for Vasilevsky. Uh, obviously on on an off night for Vasilevsky, he still looks like a the best goalie. Well, we'll say second best goalie in the league since we've got John Gibson, of course. But um, without being biased, one of the best goalies in the league, without a doubt. Yeah, just something wasn't right for for Vasilevsky there. So a little bit weird. Um, don't really know what to think, but not complaining about it. Yeah, five goals on uh, Vasilevsky. I'm curious when uh, when the last time the Lightning let in five goals was, and and Vasilevsky as well. That's uh, something I'm curious about here. So. Um. Yeah, six four LA, uh, a win in LA. So only four goals let in there. Um. Oh, Boston on the eighth, they let in five. Who was the goalie? Uh, it was Vasilevsky. So, um, yeah, that was still you know a couple weeks ago at that point. Uh, they let in nine against Florida. I mean, that was when Florida was on a tear. There. Um. Vasilevsky was actually out, so that was split between um, Legacy and Al. Uh, Alnefeld, uh, so not Vasilevsky, anyways. Um, yeah, four nothing loss to Ottawa. I know we were, I was looking for five, but that's just a that's end. That was Brian Elliott in net on that one. So New Jersey, a five three loss. Uh, that was Vasilevsky. So yeah, like only only a few times really that he's let in that many goals in a. Um, in a loss, uh, a couple early on in the season in October. Actually, that would might have been pregame, so that probably wasn't Vasilevsky. If it was, it was pregame. So, uh, or preseason. Sorry, not pregame. Um, so, yeah, very, very um, unheard of for Vasilevsky to let in five goals um, in, in a night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that really speaks to the Ducks' offense this year. How they they've just really stepped it up, um, getting scoring up and down the lineup. Two goals from Grant, a goal from Shattenkirk. Um, who are the other? Two? Oh, Laterry was the other one, and I'm forgetting the fifth one. Um, no, I shouldn't be. Who was that? Uh, oh, Delorier, the empty net. That's right. Um, so yeah, really not the the usual suspect. That's for sure. So um, really nice to see, especially with how deep Tampa Bay is. You know. Uh, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, they are obviously a super deep team. Um, you, you need to be to go deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs and especially to win. So, like, and that team's been pretty much the same for the last few years, give or take a couple guys coming in and out. So, um, so yeah, to have uh, in one game to have more depth than, or have your depth step up more, I guess I should say, than, the Tampa Bay Lightning is pretty huge for this team. Not not saying that we're a super deep team, but um, the depth did step up, step up when it mattered. Um, makes me excited for uh, for the playoffs if we can stay in in the playoff race. Um, not saying we're going to go all the way. Obviously, we've talked about that on the podcast before, back when when Nate was uh, around. But you know the uh, yeah, like I I, I don't see the depth of this team taking us all the way, but you, you know, we can maybe make a good push, make it past the first round, go deep in the second, maybe um, be interesting to see what this team can do. Um, 
with guys like Grant starting to find their form kind of in the last half of the season or last two thirds of the season. That was Grant's sixth of the year. Uh, Little Terry's been a nice surprise when he's uh, able to be in the lineup. Shattenkirk has obviously been a huge offensive presence on the back end. Same with Fowler. Uh, Drysdale stepping up both offensively and defensively. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just think this team could could do some damage. Like they're they're very underrated, uh, and they're like obviously we talk a lot about the guys like Terry, Getzlaff, Milano, Zegris. Um, even Raquel Silverberg and Henrique, like the, the regular top sixers. Um, but we, we don't talk enough, I, I think, about the uh, the bottom six. And maybe, again, when the Ducks are on this 10-game um, little break, I guess, that's supposed to be the Olympic break, um, we can get a little bit more into what these guys are contributing to the team because they are contributing. And, and we didn't see that last year or even the year before that. Like, yeah, they were there. They were, you know, making big hits. They were making good plays. They were getting some points but it's definitely improved this season so i think that's uh it's really awesome to see um a couple other points i i had here from this game um i, I just said zegris's defensive game because I, I don't really know how else to um describe it like we always talk about zegris's offense but uh there was one play in particular i believe it was in the second and it was it just led to a good scoring chance nothing um on the scoreboard but he uh yeah, he just pressured the Tampa Bay defender looking for that that stretch pass from his own blue line, forced him to cough up the puck, and that was and and then he was back the other way with uh, a good scoring chance. So, um, I I don't remember much else besides that. So hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. But um, I, I just thought in this game in particular it was especially um, prevalent. I guess that his yeah, defensive game isn't the right word. I guess like his his forecheck or uh, and also his his back checking. So yeah, I guess the defensive side of the game, you know, the the puck battle portion of hockey. Like I, I've just noticed that. I noticed that in this game, and you know, I think that's a huge part of his game as well. Like he's just flying all over the place, you know, trying to make plays and and do something to generate offense. So um, obviously he's a forward and a offensively minded forward at that, but. Um, he he doesn't just wait for the defense to get him the puck or one of one of his wingers or or whatever. Like he's in there trying to generate offense, which I think is a super underrated part of Zegras's game is is his ability to generate offense and then also to capitalize on those opportunities. I think that's what what makes him such a a great player. Like yes, he's he's got the flashy moves, like as Nate calls it, the dish again, but. Um, uh, and him also trying the Michigan and just being creative and trying to direct the power play and um, working on his one timer and stuff like he's got all those offensive aspects. Those just come naturally. But the the things that I, I don't know if he, he's just been taught them or if Eakins is trying to instill these in a more or you learn these in the AHL or in junior or wherever it was. But his his, his hunger for the puck, I think, is what makes him really, really solid. So, um, so yeah, that was. That was just notice more noticeable in this game, and I wanted to bring attention to it, especially because he uh, was held off the score sheet, and nothing really too fancy happened in that that game. But um, but he was definitely a presence. So yeah, there's that. Uh, last thing I had here was, and I, I I think saved the best for last in this one. Um, can't talk about this game without talking about John Gibson. Like I, I don't know the shots on goal here, but um, I, I think that's an important thing to bring up. 
35 to 33 in favor of the Ducks. So um, it's not like face too many shots, but a lot of them were really, you know, high danger scoring chances. Obviously, when you're playing against the Lightning, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, uh, Hedman, we have to throw him in there and, and all the other guys. Um, obviously, like they, they can score, like they're speedy, they're creative, they, they have the chemistry, like the, you usually you see a lot of those touch passes on on power plays, right? Where you know guys are just shuffling the puck all over the ice when you have an extra man when you have the man advantage. But with Tampa Bay, they're doing those like those kind of plays five on five. It's it's insane to watch. Like they just know where everybody is. They can get those passes off quickly. Um, they there was one in particular Kucherov carries the puck into the zone and then Stamkos turns on the jets past the ducks defenders. And he's in kind of almost on a breakaway. Like, yeah, there was two or three ducks in the zone, but like he was in behind them and, you know, three seconds before he was like at the, the face off dot by the blue line. Like it just turned on the jets and Gibson had to make a, an amazing save. Like you, you just gotta be on your toes there. And, and Gibson obviously was, he had some, amazing stops he he deserved the shutout in this game honestly um but you know the um i guess it wasn't a power play goal it was like right after uh i think it was carrot got out of the box they scored so he wasn't quite back into the place kind of a power play goal but not really um yeah like that was that was really it and there was there wasn't much he could do on that one like he made some amazing stops he did the like the glove behind the the back kind of save i forget who that was on but um i i remember vasilevsky was kind of the the first goalie to to do that and as and make an amazing stop with it so um it, it was almost like a just like a just a, just a big a, a big dick energy move by gibson to to pull that save against vasilevsky like that was that was awesome to watch um yeah like if you haven't seen it you got to look it up um just just watch like a highlight package of, of this game. Like it'll be in there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe search up Gibson um, behind the back glove save or something like that. And hopefully it comes out because it was amazing. It, yeah. Like I said, you know, big dick energy to do that against the, uh, the goalie that's, I don't want to say known for that save, but um, he's the first goalie that comes to mind when I, I see that save. So yeah, I, the, the note I had here was that Gibson, Gibson is in Olympic form now. So as we're uh, nearing the Olympics, Gibson is really stepping it up to uh, take the starting role as the uh, USA um, men's Olympic hockey team starting goalie, um, even though he's not going to get to go because, you know, the NHL couldn't get their shit together and won't let him go. Um, and COVID. Well, it's it's COVID. We'll, we'll blame COVID. We'll not blame the NHL as much on this one. But um yeah, with uh, them having to postpone the games and all that stuff. Obviously, we've talked about it before. If you're a hockey fan, you know this. The Even if you're a casual hockey fan, you know this. With the NHL not going to the Olympics, Gibson, um, you know, I think he's... Him and Hellebuck are, you know, going to be battling it. Would be battling it out for that starting position. And um, I think Gibson made a solid case in that game if they were going to the Olympics. But um, maybe I should say Gibson in all-star form because he's obviously going to the all-star game there. Uh, in uh, just a couple of weeks, yeah, I guess beginning of February, I think it's the the fourth and fifth or the dates. It's that the first weekend in February, anyways. Um, and I guess that's a, a excellent segue into our next, uh, our next, my next, our ne- 
the next topic. <laughs> I'm used to being with Nate and having someone to share the conversation with. But into the next topic of the podcast, um, the All Star Game. Um, we, we talked about it a couple episodes back with uh, uh, Terry being the last man in. So Gibson and Terry repping the Ducks on um, Team Pacific Division at the NHL All-Star Game. Um, talked about it before. It's now confirmed. Zegris is going to uh, the All-Star Game to take part in the breakaway competition um, for the skills competition. So, um, so yeah, three representatives at the All-Star Game. Zegris technically not an all-star since he wasn't voted onto the team but gets to go so almost like an honorable mention all-star in a in a way i guess um so yeah it's great to have you know three ducks representatives there um last year was i think it was raquel was our only uh choice for or i guess two years ago sorry was uh the last all-star game i think yeah i think it was raquel was our, our our guy in and i think he ended up getting injured and not going and we didn't get a replacement if I remember that um, correctly. We were like one of the only teams that didn't have someone. So going from really nobody to uh, in the All-Star game to essentially three guys going, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Uh, it's not many, it's not very often that you have three guys going. Yes, we only have two All-Stars technically. Um, I don't think there's any teams with three this year. Oh, maybe uh, maybe Tampa Bay actually would have one with Vasilevsky, Hedman, and Stamkos being the last man in. But yeah, no, it's obviously you can see the growth of this team over the last couple of years um, uh, and just in the amount of All-Stars we have. So um, yeah, 2020 All-Star game. The Western Conference Pacific Division had... Yeah, no ducks on it. Um, Oh, yes. Oh, it was Silverberg, not Raquel, sorry, who was uh, supposed to go for the Ducks. Um, oh, and he wasn't injured. He uh, he had a kid. So that's a, an all right reason to uh, miss the All-Star game, I would say. Who uh, who replaced him, though? It was... Uh, oh, Pacioretty with the Golden Knights? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's who it is. Um, right, because they were supposed to have Fleury go. Um, he opted out. Markstrom replaced him. They replaced Silverberg with Pacioretty. That's what it was. So, um, yeah. And then the Flames ended up with three because they had Markstrom was with the Canucks there. Riddick was their goaltend, the goaltender there that they sent. And then they sent Giordano and Kachuk. I mean, hard to argue with those guys. But, um, and yeah, you replace any of the other guys and they're, uh, I mean, maybe you could replace Hughes, but then you. Well, we the Pacific Division only had two defensemen as it was, so yeah, yeah, just didn't really make a, a lot of sense. Kind of a, a weird circumstance. I think it was pretty last minute as well that Silverberg, uh, I guess, opted out for the birth of his child. So, um, but yeah, like it, like I was saying, huge, huge deal to have three All Stars or three guys going to the All Star weekend. So. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch. Looking forward to that. That'll be a topic, obviously, on on one of our podcasts, um, both before and after. So, um, we'll take a couple of weeks there, and then maybe then maybe I can convince Nate for Lord of the Rings on that, um, kind of at the end of that All Star break. So, all right. Before we get into a couple other things here, uh, we'll take a quick break because I need some water. Uh, I can't just you know pawn questions off on Nate and take a a sip now. Um, 
So yeah, take a quick break. And then on the other side, we'll talk upcoming games, get Slaff's interview on 32 Thoughts and uh, whatever else I can think of between uh, now and then. So yeah, see you guys in a couple minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all of the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so... Uh, let's talk Gets Laugh on Gets Laugh's interview with uh, Jeff Elliott on Thirty Two Thoughts. There, um, it, it's a good half hour interview. I'm not going to talk about the whole thing and everything they talked about, um, because there's obviously a lot. But, um, it, it was a really good interview to to listen to. Would definitely recommend it if uh, you're just looking to kill half an hour. I mean, I mean the whole episode's great. Um, but you know. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it'll only be a couple days old by the time this comes out on Monday. They'll, they'll probably have a new episode on Monday. They usually do. But, um, but yeah, either way, the, the half-hour interview is just all at the end. So you can just skip. They even have the timestamp, so you can just skip forward if that's all you want to listen to. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good interview. So definitely would recommend checking that out. Uh, a couple you know, highlights for me that I just wanted to touch on as well. Um, they they talked about, like I said, the friendship between Getzlaff and and Perry there, um, obviously with Getzlaff being unsigned come uh, the free agency uh, day this last offseason, uh, there was a lot of rumors of him going elsewhere. Um, obviously, Montreal um, kind of made made a little bit of sense. Well, I guess Montreal more so in uh, the closer to the trade deadline because there was, there was that rumor as well with him being a good rental target. Um, so there's a question if, you know, ever thought about going to Montreal Perry was trying to you know get him to come there and he said no not really like they they don't really talk about that kind of stuff they um they're more just chummy I guess <laughs> um for lack of a better way of putting it but um yeah no thoughts of going to uh to Montreal or to go play with Perry again nothing it didn't sound like any uh um you, you know gets laughed trying to bring Perry back either it didn't sound like there was any of that going on so um so yeah, and and then also with you know Getzlaff now probably just going on one year deals for the rest of his career. Um, any talk on if he would sign anywhere else or if he wants to stay with Anaheim? He said he he really wants to stay with Anaheim. He has no desire to go to another team and chase another cup. I mean, he's already got one, so he's obviously he's happy with that. He's he's kind of done everything he 
wants to, he said. So it's it's more just, you know, sticking around in Anaheim as long as they want him and as long as he wants to play. It sounds like really how long his body wants him to play. Obviously, there's the other side of it as well if the Ducks want to bring him back. I really don't see why not. I mean, if he goes in and is asking for $6 million for a year, like then they'll be like, well, no way. But if, if the deal is reasonable, I think he, he's there as long as... Um, as long as he wants to play, um, which is awesome to to hear. And there's, uh, yeah, also they, they talked about, you know, how long that might be, how long does he want to play? And like I said, it's comes down to how long his body will let him do that. Um, but they, uh, they phrased the question as in like, you know, um, he was part of that 2003 draft, which was a huge draft class, like with so many big names. But um, now with them obviously getting up there in age, like late 30s, um, there's there's not many of them left. So the guys that are still left, this is according to Wikipedia, um, some of them unsigned, but you know still um, still could play in the NHL. Haven't you know officially retired? The first name on that list, obviously Eric Stahl. He uh, he signed with the Iowa Wild, but doesn't have an NHL contract yet. Um, so, potential for uh, for him to get signed somewhere as well. Um, there's also the, um, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Oh, the Olympics. He could he could potentially go to the Olympics, so that could be a reason why he's not signed yet. But um, yeah, Eric Stahl, one of those guys that hasn't officially retired. So Eric Stahl, Ryan gets laughed. Patrice Bergeron. Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, Zach Parise, Jeff Carter, Brent Burns, Dustin Brown, Ryan Suter, Erickson, Weber, uh, Brad Richardson, sorry, Louis Erickson, I should specify, Shea Weber, Brad Richardson, Brian Boyle, Nate Thompson, Marc-Andre Fleury, Yaroslav Halak, and Brian Elliott. So 18 names um, left from that 2003 draft. Um, and yeah, like I said, Eric Stahl not uh, playing. Trey Weber, obviously, big question mark if he is going to play anymore. Um, Brad Richardson, where is he? I I actually don't know. He, uh, oh, he's in Nashville right now. Has he played this season? Uh, 17 games. Okay, not a ton, but yeah, played a little bit. Um, Brian Boyle, I don't, has he, he has obviously played this season, but how much of that? 39 games with Florida. Okay, very quiet season though, 15 points. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the other names I I think we know are still playing quite a bit. But um, I think the the guy that's well, oh yeah, they were talking about you know who's going to be the last man standing from that draft class, and the question was if Getzlaff thinks it could be him. He says probably not. Um, if I was to take a, my pick here, um, that's a tough one. Um, obviously, Flurry is he's outstanding and he's going to have a contract as long as he wants to play i think um so yeah i don't know flurry could be one of those guys uh brent burns i think could be one of those guys he's still going strong like he's shown no signs of slowing down there um yeah patrice bergeron i think could be one of those guys um i'm curious you know what their contract situation is like obviously you can um retire before your contract is up but um oh no, I don't want stats, I want cat friendly. Um I think uh Bergeron's got a, quite a few more years left. Oh no, he's in the last year of his deal. Oh boy. 
uh, modified no trade and a no move. So, um, yeah, big question mark for him if he uh, signs another deal there. That's that'd be huge for the Bruins. Uh, Brent Burns, I know he signed a pretty long deal there. Um, yeah, he signed through the 24-25 season. So after this season, still has three more years left. Um, so by you know contract wise, he's got a. Uh, He's got the most years left. That obviously doesn't mean a whole lot, but um, who else we got here? Um, yeah, there's a, yeah, Flurry's done at the end of this year. Just want to double check that. And Louis Erickson, I think, only has a year or two left there. Um, so, yeah, you know, lots of guys coming up to the end. Dustin Brown actually could have a few years left. He was. Probably signed way back in the. Oh no, yeah, this is the last year of his deal, eight-year deal. I thought maybe he had like one of those big, uh, you know, ten or eleven or twelve-year contracts on him, but no, obviously not. So yeah, it, it's coming to the end of it. I mean, so Getzlaff could be one of the last few to uh, to be left standing there um, for the, from the 2003 draft, but um, that that's yet to be seen. I mean, obviously Perry and is still going strong in a depth role. Pavelski still going strong in a depth role. Uh, Prize and Suter that, you know, they got bought out by the wild, but they got re-signed. I don't think to long deals, but um, yeah, you know, I think they can have a place in a depth role there. Yeah. Prize with the one year deal. And I believe Suter with Dallas was, uh, Oh yeah. He signed four years. So he signed to the end of, um, the 24-25 season, same as Burns. So um, it'll be interesting. No move on Suter's contract. So yeah, interesting to watch. We'll we'll talk about it more. But I thought that was a really interesting conversation to to hear where Gets laugh was coming from on the, on that one. So um, talking about post uh, post retirement plans, um, he, he said he doesn't really want to be a coach, but you know has always been interested in the management side. So. Um, could potentially see him as a GM one day, uh, not for next season. I don't, I don't see that. He's got a little bit of work to do, I think, in like assistant and executive, other executive roles, maybe. And he, he can obviously still play. So um, maybe by the time the Ducks are searching for another GM after this next one, it'll be uh, be the time for um, for them, or maybe he'll he'll feel like looking there. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure he would love to be a GM in Anaheim over any other team, but you know, it's, I'm sure he would take a job anywhere when the time comes. So yeah, really interesting, um, thing there. Um, yeah, that's really all I had to say about that. Again, uh, 32 thoughts, the podcast, go check out the interview with Ryan Getzlaff. If you're interested in a little more detail, it's a good half hour chat there. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, we've got upcoming games to talk about. I need another quick break though. Um, and then we'll just have that short segment there at the end. Um, but yeah, well, I'll see you guys on uh, the other side of the break for that. Hi, in case you're not from Brazil, where we are now very famous, allow us to introduce ourselves. We're Cam. All Canada division that is Canada. <laughs> the all Canada <laughs> Chris, you trade those two guys for a clone machine and you clone Trent Frederick and you have a whole fourth line of Trent Fredericks and Drew. Didn't they didn't he drop a not not like actually take a but the guy said our podcast kind of 
definitely started out as a joke and we've decided to keep it that way. But that's why we surround ourselves with smart people who really know what they're talking about. Game and a half that she played, she looked so dominant and just such a good a good spot on this team. And uh, he'll take off in terms of being more active in the mm-hmm. zone and, and, you know, being more active in the transition game. Because there is so much involved with technical development and physical development and injuries that can really impact it. So, so tune in. The Bruins and Bruins, 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 Bruins podcast. In the Hockey Podcast Network podcast. Presented by Bruins Diehard. All right. Uh, very fitting that that is the, uh, the promo for this week, the Bruins and Bruins Boston podcast. Um, I, I'd like to say that I you know, made that happen, but it was actually just the next one in the, our rotation. So it uh, kind of worked out nicely because we're playing the Bruins on uh, Monday. So date this podcast drops um, at 4 p.m. Pacific, which is the start of a five-game road trip before that uh, big 10-day break over the All-Star break and um, what would have been the Olympic break there. So yeah, starting off in uh, in Boston there, which is going to be a tough game. Boston has really been going. Pasternak and Marshand, I know, have been just, you know, tearing it up over there. So, um, yeah, Marshand having a lot of fun. Actually, uh, both on the ice and off the ice as well. His his Twitter's been pretty good. He uh, he stole a fan's phone, actually. I don't know if you've seen that, but I, I should find that. I, was, I, I didn't have anything for What's Quack, but I'm going to find that for What's Quack. And don't, don't, don't worry, it's, it's hilarious. Um, so the, uh, yeah, the Bruins, it's going to be a tough game. They, uh, let's, let's take a look at where they are in the standings in their division. The Bruins are currently sitting fourth, uh, 38 games played 50 points. Um, I know you're thinking, man, you're just talking them up 50 or, you know, fourth in their division though. Yeah. Well, they're in a division with Florida, Tampa and Toronto. Let's remember. So Florida and Tampa are that one and two spot, 61 points each. No one's touching them. Um, yeah, 61 points, Toronto in third, 53, 38 games played. I mean, um, they got five games in hand on Tampa, so they get 10 points. That's 63, but like, I, I think Florida and Tampa have the, the one and two lockdown. Um, so really, it, it's just battling it out with Toronto for that third spot. Um, I think they're pretty comfortably in the wild card there. Um, well, second in the wild card, yeah, 50 points, 38 games, like I said, is good for second. Um, but they got eight points over Detroit and four games in hand over them. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say they're in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're, they're five points back of Washington, four games in hand. So, I mean, they could potentially take that, that wild card one spot. But, um, uh, yeah, and I think that would be preferable if you face the Rangers rather than Florida or Tampa. Um, even though the Rangers are still a good team, uh, 42 games played 58 points, um, not too far behind, uh, Florida and Tampa there. I think, yeah, I think they're third in the league. Let's look fourth in the league behind Colorado, but yeah, Tampa, Florida, obviously one and two. So, I, I mean, it's hard to say like either way, I think you really want to, well, no, you don't want to get third in the division because then you're guaranteed to play Florida or Tampa. I think you want that first wild card spot if you're, uh, Washington or Boston or Toronto, um, because then, uh, yeah, then you, you face the Rangers, which I think is a more winnable series. Not a winnable. It's still going to be a tough series, but a more winnable series than Florida or Tampa. That's for sure. So, yeah, that's uh, 
that's my opinion on that. Either way, um, Boston is going to be a tough game. They, like I said, they've been rolling lately. Um, let's take a look at their uh, last few games played here. They uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They've won eight of their last ten games. Um, ten, uh, ten games. They've won ten of their um, last twelve. The twelve that they've played since the. Uh, Holiday break there, going back to January 1st. So the only teams they've lost to are Minnesota, which was a 3-2 loss. And they lost to Carolina last week, 7-1. to that was, a, that was a tough game. But, you know, all their other games, they've they've won. A few in convincing fashion, including a 7-3 win against Washington, uh, 5-1 Montreal, I guess. 5-2 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, like, some, some good team. They've played some good teams. And, yeah, they've just been rolling. So it's going to be another tough win. Um, you know, we, we had our doubts against Tampa Bay. Um, Colorado had our doubts, and it was actually a really close game as well. So it's going to be tough to say what happens against Boston here. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I don't want to predict a score. Um, it could be a win, and that would be super, super exciting, to especially to start off the road trip. Um, but, you know, also expect a loss. This is a good Boston team here. And uh, we're on the road as well. So, yeah. Um, moving on to Toronto. We play them Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, those... I mean, like, they start at 7 local time, right? But 4 Pacific is tough for, uh, you know, the West Coast teams that are visiting. So, um, it'll be tough to watch these games. I mean, it's 5 o'clock where, where we are here. So, it's a little bit better, but not ideal still. Um so, you know, hopefully you guys can catch the end of these games. But yeah, Wednesday uh, in Toronto, 4 p.m. start. Uh, again, another tough team, you know. Toronto, um, we were just talking they're third in their division as well. So looking at their last few games played. Um, well, they've kind of been back and forth. They, uh, yeah, again, going back to January 1st um, after the uh, holiday break here. What happened there? Sorry, app just crashed on me. Um, yeah, going back to January 1st, beat Ottawa and Edmonton. Overtime loss against Colorado, beat Vegas. They lost to Arizona. I remember that one. That was funny. Uh, beat St. Louis, lost to the Rangers, beat the Islanders. So they're kind of back and forth. Not not too hot right now. But um, yeah, our game against them will be uh, their first game after a few days off. So maybe we can catch them a little rusty in the first. Um it's kind of what we did against Tampa Bay. You know, we came out hot in the first, got a good head start on them, and then they just couldn't climb back. So maybe we can play that way against Toronto. That'd be nice. But um, yeah, uh, just to quickly mention the other teams on this road trip here. Um, obviously, we'll have our live stream after that game. Actually, it won't even affect it because we usually do seven Pacific. So, I mean, depending on if the game goes super late, we might push our live stream a few minutes late just to catch the end of the game and uh, wrap things up there. But um, you can expect 7 p.m. Pacific, roughly, for um, the Wednesday live stream. Um, anyways, yes, yeah, so Boston, Toronto, Montreal on the Thursday, Ottawa on Friday, and then finishing it off in Detroit on Saturday. So starting the road trip tough is going to get easier. I I think we win one of Boston, Toronto. I think we, Montreal, Ottawa, and Detroit, we should win all those games. So, you know, six, eight, you know, eight out of 10 points, is that too much to ask on this road trip? I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, and then lose to one of Boston and 
Toronto. Like, I don't know. I we should win Montreal, Ottawa, Detroit. It's just I don't I don't know if I want to say, you know, we win those three games in a row, especially on the road. Um I think we win Montreal. They're a bad team. We we always play really well on the second half of back to back. So still ours will probably be in net. Um, knock on wood furiously here. Like I think that's a winnable game. Ottawa, I mean, they're they're a good young team as well. Maybe they steal a win. Detroit, they're obviously up there. Like they're out of a playoff spot right now. Probably not going to make it. They're th- they're third in the wild card though. Like, um, they, they, yeah, they got some good guys. Larkin, uh, Bertuzzi, uh, Nadelkovic and Net there. Moritz Insider, Moritz Insider, <laughs> Raymond Insider. Uh, we talked about them all, all the time when we talk about Zegras and the Calder race. There, like they're they're still a good team. They're going to be up and coming in the next couple of years. There. Yeah, Ottawa and Detroit actually aren't going to be easy games. So, you know, I, I still want to say out of, eight out of ten is a, a good number for this road trip. Uh, I'd be happy with six out of ten. Honestly, we beat Boston, Montreal, and one of Ottawa and Detroit. Um, yeah, I, I'm just hoping for some good. I, I, I hope we can. Obviously, I hope we win all these games. We win all five. That would be amazing. Um, put us on a six-game winning streak. That would. That would be awesome. We haven't had a good winning streak in a long time since that that long one, uh, that eight-game winning streak early on in the season. But yeah, that, that would be a good road trip for me as well. We'll bring this up again on the live stream, see what Nate thinks. And uh, hopefully, uh, Rally Chris tunes in and he's, he likes predicting our um, our road trips or, or just our trips in general and um, or, or homestands, whatever it may be. And he's done pretty good. Not, not perfect, but... Um, yeah, I'd like to see what he thinks as well. So, um, so yeah, that's really all I have um, to talk about here. I'm going to see if I can find the video of Marshan stealing this kid's phone um, at a at a game. Marshan steals phone. I saw it on Reddit. So, um, perfect. Here it is. This is yeah. This is the one I saw on R slash Sports from a couple days ago. Um, just let me get the uh, share screen going here, um, and. We're looking for this one. All right. Let's make her full screen. Can you guys see that? No, you can't. Good thing I looked. Um, there we go. Oh, can I do picture in picture? Oh, sick. Okay, here we go. Um, so yeah, if you're not, I know we try and tailor what's quack. Sorry, what's quack? I know we try and tailor what's quacking to uh, the, the guys listening as well. Um, I mean, you kind of can, but really all you need to know is um, th- this is post warmups at a Bruins game here um, where the Bruins are at home. Uh, Marshan's walking off the ice, you know, fans getting high fives uh, or waiting for high fives from some of the players. Um, this fan has their, their phone out, um, taking a video of them walking down the tunnel. And, uh, and yeah, Marshan just steals it and, you know, gives the guy kind of a free cameo, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'll uh I'll let you guys watch it here. Hey, hey what's up? This is BM63. Just walking off from uh warm-ups. Hope uh, I don't know whose phone this is, but uh hope you have a lot of fun tonight, because I know I'm going to. Anyways, gotta go. See ya. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that was an awesome video. Um he, he, Sorry, uh, I, I already stopped the screen share. But uh, if you go back and watch it again, I just typed in Brad Marchand steals phone, read it, um, first first hit. So um, 
you can hear just like this super high pitched scream in the background of this kid yelling. So I, I, I like to imagine it's the kid yelling like, hey, like, what? Well, well, you can't just steal my phone, but yeah, hopefully they had a good laugh about it. And you know, that, that kid's got that video forever, hopefully. And that's, uh, that's hilarious. So, uh, so that's all I got. Um, yeah. Um, uh, really, really a Boston centric episode for, uh, the, for a ducks podcast, you know, Marshand in what's quacking brews and Bruins promo, which you guys can go check out them if you want, um, some more, uh, more talk before the, the game on Monday night tonight, I guess, when you listen to this, if you're listening to it, when it comes out, and um, and what was the other thing? Oh yeah, talking about the upcoming game. So yeah, lots of lots of Bruins here. But um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode of me just talking for you know 50 minutes by myself um, without Nate. Like I said, he'll be back for uh, the next episode. Um, if if you're disappointed that uh, you didn't get to hear Nate and you, you didn't like this episode, you can direct all complaints to him at Tate Nomas T A T E N H O M A S on twitter um you know what double down send it at quack report pod as well on twitter instagram and all that those places because he gets the notifications for all those and you can follow myself at carter underscore pots p-o-t-t-s underscore 97 to tell me how bored you are thank you guys very much for listening see you guys later